0: Traveling
1: the Vortex We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrived at episode 430. Don't expect to find a ray gun in the soap dish. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn.
2: How are you guys? Not bad. All things considered.
1: <laughs> Look at Sean getting the order right, even though we're not sitting in the right
2: order. I know it was a struggle for a moment. <laughs> but just a moment. <laughs> I credit the fact that I'm now a college graduate that I'm able to make that. Determination. Hey, congratulations. Yes, by the congratulations. How did it feel it to walk long, across that stage? A long time coming. <laughs> just years and years and years to get to that moment. But it felt I don't know, I was nervous. Like I was bound up and just nervous ball of energy all day long with Mm. that so Mm. but it's cool it's good to finally get it over with (laughs) (laughs) and they spelled my name wrong
1: yeah i saw that on your program
2: big surprise i told them it was right on your actual diploma though right i don't know i haven't got that yet (laughs) they just handed me the empty folder right
0: Uh uh-oh he didn't really graduate it's spelled Uh, wrong on his diploma that's
2: what I figured. I, I told my mother I was just going to legally change my name so I can stop fighting that battle. Seems like, <laughs> seems like it's less work.
0: No, it's taken me 20
2: years to learn how to spell it right. Don't change it now. No, you won't be able to. You only have one N, right? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Mr. I-E-E-I over there. I can't uh, keep that one straight, uh, so, you know. We're all surprisingly, admit, not a lot of never, people get it wrong. I have
0: never met another key to spell it a different way, so. yeah.
2: We're all a bunch of misfits here. Did you guys do anything fun besides graduating? Uh, Went and saw uh, Tolkien, Mm. which was. Tolkien? Tolkien, as he says in the trailer, uh, which was good. He didn't say it in the movie? He did say it in the movie. Oh, okay. (laughs) No, that scene's in the movie.
0: Well, yeah, you said he said it in the trailer, and I thought, well, they didn't. Well, I didn't want to spoil the movie.
2: I figure if I say it in the trailer, then it's okay. No, (laughs) it's. um, It's very reminiscent of if you took, like, Shakespeare in Love and um, Dead Poet Society. Kind of mashed them together and made it not funny. That's that's, that's kind of what what this is. Okay. It was good, but uh, it didn't quite have enough of the... I wanted a little more Lord of the Rings and a little less real world kind (laughs) of, you know, impetus. But, you know, it was good. And then uh, for Mother's Day, Mel wanted to go see Palms. So since Billy came down for the weekend, we had to take him back to Manhattan. So we're like, well, we're here. Let's go see a movie. So we saw Palms. And let me tell you, if Diane Keaton, first of all, (laughs) the woman hasn't changed her dress since since Annie Hall, (laughs) which, you know, I adore. I think that's great. But when you're doing a movie where she's, you know, in this elderly retirement village starting a cheerleading club and she shows up to rehearsal wearing the blouse and the scarf and it's kind of like, honey, (laughs) those pants, you need a workout suit. You need, you know. Tracksuit, sweatpants, something along those lines. But you're Annie. You're uh, you're you're, uh, you're you. So we'll, we'll allow it. But if she wants to release a fun, women-centric movie every year, I'm on board because I really enjoyed the book club last year, mm. and this was just right up there. It's it was a lot of fun. It had a lot of energy. It did not fall into the cheerleader tropey. Oh, there's going to be an evil squad and there's going to be a this and there's going to be i mean they had little tiny elements of that but for the most part they they went their own way with it and i thought it was very body positive you know and, and very uplifting and, and just had a great message to it and we just really enjoyed it it was a lot of fun what'd you do
1: i didn't watch anything no? other than you know game of thrones and agents of shield is back I yeah you I, do? I didn't watch anything I was besides fall that. I fell
0: asleep on the couch. Yeah, and... I mean, it's been
1: real weird. I'll be interested to see what you think of Agents of Shield because it kind of takes a a bigger departure from the MCU.
0: All right, well, should we move on to news?
1: No, because I didn't I didn't see any news this past week. <laughs> Nothing happened. Big Finish has some releases coming out this week, but other but we than that, we already knew about those. Uh, so yeah,
0: we already announced those.
1: So let's go on to feedback instead. All right. First up in feedback, Robert. Robert says, Am I blue? Hello! I wanted to add my own comments to your discussion on Blu-rays, DVDs, streaming, and such. I believe the main reason why viewers are moving to streaming services over having physical media is how we're getting our content these days. I didn't watch the new season of Who on TV. I bought a season pass at iTunes and watched it on my laptop. The devices I'm using more and more to get media content are my laptop and my iPhone. I don't turn on, my, on the TV much anymore. When I do, it's for a channel of classical music to have something on during the day. And even then, that'll only be if I don't want to play one of my classical playlists from iTunes on my phone. This keeps coming up on the Chord Killers podcast. More and more people are consuming content on mobile devices because that's the screen they have when they want to watch listen or read something the goal for those who produce content is to make it available to as many possible consumers as they can physical media isn't going away but will decline as streaming and digital increases from what i've been seeing and reading streaming services are starting to shake out in one of two ways there are the must-have services like netflix and disney plus although if there's nothing on them you don't want you don't have to subscribe to them then there's the niche services like BritBox. As long as those services aren't charged too much for con- carrying contents, they'll be around because they're, they'll be serving an audience willing to pay a reasonable fee for the shows they can't get an- elsewhere. Overall though, the other appeal of streaming is the ease of signing up and canceling. It's why more folks are preferring streaming to cable and why it's easy to manage your costs. You made a good point about the collector angle. If you don't want the boxes or the th- things don't, or the things don't worry about getting boxes or the things, so I, I don't, so I won't. But if someone <laughs> does, and I think buying the Blu-ray sets is a good investment, I do think they're trying to increase the number of releases each year so that as much of classic who that fans want to buy is covered by the sets. In that respect, we'll see if sales drive the releases of all the classic seasons. That's my thinking about the matter. Keep up the good work. Looking forward to when you get to the Scratchman book, as I haven't heard much good or bad about the novel itself. Yours, Robert. Thank you, Robert. Thanks, Robert. Robert. Up next in feedback is Jamie. Uh,
2: Jamie wrote, uh, he's got, uh, well, two feedbacks this week. He went ahead and wrote a a newer feedback that included some comments on the Blu-ray discussion. So we're going to um, read the Blu-ray comments since it's pertinent to what's going on, and then we'll save the rest of that feedback for a later date, and then I will go back and read the catch-up feedback from a previous installment. Uh, So on his Blu-ray comments, I feel that the quick succession of format changes may hurt the industry. Theaters are getting more and more expensive, $13 for a regular ticket in my area, and people just can't afford to keep buying new versions of their favorite movies or TV shows that they'll maybe watch once or twice every so often i love my local library but it only has dvds the only blu-rays it has are a handful in the anime section in my area high speed internet isn't as available as in most parts of the country which means digital digital isn't as viable an option as say in major cities it's not financially viable to buy a new tv or video playing device every time a new version comes on the market streaming services are an option but there are at least four or five major ones Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, YouTube, iTunes, Disney Plus, and BritBox just off the top of my head to choose from. And if they change up what's available every month or so, you might start a show and then go to watch another season or episode, and, well, it's not there. And it's not just viable to get subscriptions to all of them. VHS and DVD had really long lives on the market, but I think the newest format war is going to make people just give up. DVD, 3D DVD, Blu-ray, 3D Blu-ray, 4K Blu-ray, digital it's going too fast that people can't keep up my family is still stuck on dvd my local library system is still stuck on dvds and i think jamie makes a really good point here that we hadn't considered when we kind of talked about streaming is that well that may just simply may not be available in your yeah, area. rural areas are
0: still struggling with having internet access so that does make it difficult um, especially in a world where we're all going to digital so
2: interesting points I don't know if I agree that it's a format war, but everything else I agree with. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's 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 certainly not a format war, it, in the sense that like Betamax versus VHS or Blu-ray versus HD DVD. Yeah, definitely uh, not. Those were format wars. Right now, the, the everybody's on board with digital, and everybody's on board with four K. So it's not like there's this this weird battle going over with what the next format's going to be everybody has is gradually adopting the next step up so it's it's not like there's really a war it's just that more the, the war right now is between retailers and studios studios want to go all di- digital cut out the middleman and uh retailers want to stay in the loop so yeah. that's i suppose there is a war there i guess yeah. to a point I mean, it's not over the format right
2: the the, right. the 3D versus 4K I mean that's just Variations No of the because theme, you, In fact yeah.
0: when When 4K becomes The thing They'll be 3D 4K Because yeah. they still Make 3D films That have to be uh, Purchased So The thing is 3D still does not Do well At home Because On home uh, Sales oh, yeah. Because people Are are not willing To invest in a 3D television So
1: At this point Or oh, it's not worth it Really either Because it's not uh, As good as The theater version As far right. as I understand only if you sit in the right spot in your living room. Right, right. <laughs> Once they get 3D where you don't have to have glasses, then it might be a different story.
2: Yeah, and for the most part, 3D, I, I still have, there's only been a very small handful of films I've seen in 3D that I felt were really worth it. Yeah. Uh, anything that was, you know, a, an up convert, with the exception of like 2, was not. Anything that was shot in 3D was, but even that's more of an event thing that I want to go to the theater and see that in, this format in this scale, that'd be
0: more of a cross convert, not an up convert, or cross convert. <laughs> yeah, because say, you're not really changing the resolution; you're just converting it to. Know,
2: you going you go, and take a movie and slap a 3D coat of paint on it. I'm not happy. So. No, 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 and, and it's real <laughs> Down obvious. Down convert, really obvious. What it really we do is because there's a lot of flat imagery in it. Yeah. Okay, so that's uh, that, and then uh, his other bit of feedback uh, covers episodes 94 to 100. Hello, Vortexers. Hope you're doing well. This might be a bit long because I'm covering episodes 94 through 100. In episode 94, Embrace the Darkness. I didn't care for this one. It wasn't Minuet in Hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that we have that benchmark. That there's, it's there's a, there's benchmark a yardstick. And Minuet in Hell is on the bottom end of that yardstick for Jamie. <laughs> for <laughs> Jamie you and know, Keith. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Any time this guy, well, it wasn't that. It's like, oh, well, now I know. <laughs> <laughs> um. That one's just all-around awful. This one, instead, was just boring. I agree with Keith that it's just kind of anticlimactic. It's an okay story. I just found it kind of meh. On a side note, for some reason, the image that my mind latched onto for the Sumerians is the Pol... Uh, wow, there's a lot of letters in this. Polis Massens, midwives from the end of Revenge of the Sith. Oh, that's a Star Wars thing. Glenn, who is that? How did I pronounce that? Uh,
0: I think you got it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs>
2: jamie i don't know if you heard i graduated recently i had to dump a large amount of geek facts in order to make room for important (laughs) stuff stuff. (laughs) yeah so i've lost a lot of that (laughs) time of the daleks i enjoy this one despite not being a fan of shakespeare i still find daleks quoting him quite fun (laughs) i didn't find the not visiting all the places the mirrors went a let down if you caught a dalek in seasons of fear great if you didn't well you lose nothing you didn't lose anything Episode 95, The Rescue and the Romans. The Rescue is a nice two-parter that's sole purpose is to introduce a new companion. This was the first time that had been done. Susan was already a companion when the show started, and Ian and Barbara were at the start of the show. Now Susan had left, and she needed a replacement. Not that Ian and Barbara weren't fine on their own. It's a nice, self-contained little story. The sets are fine, the acting isn't terrible, the villain is a bit predictable, but not awful. The only real letdown, Is the Dido natives who just kind of show up the Dido yeah yeah the Dido natives who just kind of show up at the end and don't do anything much otherwise a decent little standalone story the Romans is just fun this is the first time on TV at least that the TARDIS crew gets to relax since Marco Polo yes it gets a little nonsensical at times yes episode three feels very Benny Hill or Three Stooges (laughs) but it's still a light fun little four part serial. It's one of the better Hartnell stories, I think. Moving on to episode 96, and the top of the list, best of the best, the highly venerated Talons of Wen Chiang. I, too, don't understand why this is so highly regarded. It's a decent enough story, but there are much better ones out there. The Rat was awful, Greel was just kind of boring, and Jago and Lightfoot were okay, but I don't see why everyone raves about them. Plus, watching with today's political climate in mind, it's very racist. Yep. Episode ninety seven. Were you trying to match Zagreus in length on this one? <laughs> Week review after taking an hour, news and feedback on top of that, complete with movie reviews and bond tangents. Did you actually review Zagreus? <laughs> I don't know. I might have to go back and revisit that one then. <laughs> Neverland. I really like this one. It's easily the or it's really the culmination of the eight Charlie arc thus far, and it's awesome. Granted, it's steeped in Time Lord mythology and world building and show continuity, but it's still an emotional high point for Big Finish with great acting and a great story. And then it ends on a cliffhanger that leads into Zagreus. Zagreus. I think this was my third big finish after Patient Zero and Legends of the Cybermen, which were both excellent. I can imagine you apologizing to me that this was my third big finish. Yeah, I was just <laughs>
0: in my head I thought, oh I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: Or being amazed that I didn't give up on Big Finish afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) It is, as the brig, TARDIS says, the biggest load of piffle I could find. (laughs) At least I think that's how the quote goes. I don't hate Zagreus. It just isn't one of my favorites, and I'd warn people going into it that though necessary for the 8-Charlie arc... It's overlong, long over-weird, and may take several listenings and a lot of other Doctor Who lore to fully attempt to understand this one.
0: And don't make it your third audio. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's fan service yeah. of the highest order, even more so than the five Doctors. It may also require mind-altering drugs <laughs> to fully enjoy. <laughs> However, as I refuse to do drugs, I'll never know. The Divergent Arc, which the Grace leads into, is my least favorite 8th Doctor Arc, at least on audio. There are, were good ideas that were never really delved into their full potential, and there are some excellent stories, The Natural History of Fear for One. Yep. But overall, it was a dud. I'll get more into that as you progress through those stories. Personally, I'm just not sure where I stand on Zagreus. I don't hate it. Oops, did I? Oh, you're good. No, I'm good. Uh, I don't hate it, but it's not a favorite. It's overlong, kind of weird, and full of continuity and ideas that were abandoned or forgotten.
0: It does sound like they got repeated there.
1: I think he just kind of repeated himself. I think, I think he so did too. too. Okay.
2: Overall, it's one that was really only necessary when listening through the Eight Charlie arc. It sends us into the next phase and completes with what was started with Neverland. Yeah, I think that's listening to Glenn's discussion on the racism of Rassilon. It strikes me as interesting that the Time Lords bring back a racist tyrant to fight space Nazis in the Time War. <laughs> I don't know what term you'd use for that—irony, maybe? <laughs> Poetic justice. <laughs> Overall, a good discussion. Yes, Zagreus is very bloated. Yes, it's hard to get into, especially for newbies. But I, didn't find it, I did find it fun and get more out of it each time I hear it. I can't wait to hear your discussion on the, on the Divergent Universe, which is a concept I don't think lived up to its potential. Good job. Episode 98, another rant topic that sits up there with light bulbs, gutters and Halloween candy, and ambassadors of death. I actually listened to this before I watched it. My library had a copy of the audio with linking narration. I remember the basics of it, but not the details. The premise is good, but I think it suffers from the too-long syndrome from which so many of the early Whos suffer. I think he overdid it on the Price is Right horn here. The Web Planet is the only Doctor Who story in my big batch watch-through that I didn't watch all the way through. I watched the first episode, got partway through the second to where the Monoptera are doing their dance number, before deciding it was just too weird. Therefore, I can't really comment on this one. However who back when covered the story, and although they tend to be on the crude side, their coverage of this was hysterical. The Fearmonger, I like this one. It's a nice, tightly written political thriller that still manages to get in some quiet character moments for the Ace. As I said in my review, Harper could very easily be replaced by Trump and set in America, and unfortunately be mostly unchanged. So finally, for this feedback, episode 100, The Big Epiversary. I loved it. It was fun, the tangents went everywhere, it sounded like you guys had a blast. Despite Keith having the hiccups. (laughs) I've stuff to talk about here. First of all, the spam song from Monty Python. One of my favorite bits. The others being Dead Parrot, Self-Defense Against Fresh Fruit, and The Spanish Inquisition. (laughs) The rest of your opening, or was that pre-opening, was excellent as well. You talked about being a visual podcast. Now that you're putting episodes on YouTube, you'll have the perfect opportunity Similar to your videos of Flux and Risk. It would definitely make the feedback song more lively. Where did that go, by the way? Finally, big props to Michelle for completing a watch through of Classic Who in five months. He must have really plowed through those. It's taken me three to four years, and I'm only just now almost done with Tom Baker. On to other stuff. I've made it through 100 episodes. Only 325 left. (laughs) I'm taking a break for a while, but I'll be back. I'll keep a document where I type up random feedback and replies that i think to be submitted at sometimes i'm greatly enjoying your show but have some other things i want to listen to i'll try to keep up my big finish review blocks but it will be a bit in between them anyway keep podcasting you guys are great and keep up the amazing show jamie thank you jamie and we do have
0: a new uh, another batch um waiting to go up on the website of big finish reviews from jamie and uh, hopefully i'll be able to get to (laughs) that this week we've been doing some back end work on the on the website, so which may end up being a reformat because they're going to force us to upgrade our WordPress. So here in the next two weeks, although I set it on a class at work, learning all about WordPress, and I think it'll be all right. So, oh, anyway, a little a little behind the scenes
2: there. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm glad you uh, took the initiative to do that. Well, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't by choice, but
0: uh, but yeah, you don't it, have to admit we, 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 Well, it kind of <laughs> was, but. I, I didn't have to stay for the whole thing, but I did because they were talking about uh, WordPress. Uh, I think about, we're on 5.0 now. So. And you went,
2: ooh, I get anyway, paid for this. I don't think anybody will notice
0: <laughs> on the front end, but there'll be, some, I mean, initially, but there'll be some back-end tweaks that eventually I think will make us look prettier. Hmm. I'm all and always for things. looking prettier. And do more things. So. But, but will it work properly? <laughs> uh, That's a question. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about our theme because I'm I'm running our theme through some... Trials right now, and it doesn't look like it's pretty. So hmm. <clears throat> we'll,
2: we'll see. Might be time. Might be time for a fresh coat of paint. Yeah, maybe. Maybe some three D, four K. Ooh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn going for the full upgrade.
1: All right. Well, should we move on to our review? The condemned. Doctor John Smith, you're under arrest. You do not have to say anything, but it may harm your defense if you do not mention, when questioned, something which later you later rely on in court. Manchester, 2008. The TARDIS lands inside a rundown tower block beside a dead body, which leads to some awkward questions when the doctor is found there by the police. Made the prime suspect, how can the doctor prove that to the no-nonsense D.I. Patricia Menzies that this is not the open-and-shut case, it seems, and that she's actually investigating the death of an alien? Bum-bum-bum! There's more to it, but I'm that oh. show. Yeah, that's
2: fine. I liked this one. I did, too. It was pretty good. Yeah.
1: What's great about one. it is Charlie. My
2: my my, <laughs> my, my 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 initial excitement came from Eddie Robson, and then I got into it, and I'd completely forgotten which one I had scheduled and why I had scheduled it. <laughs> and then Charlie showed up, and I went, oh, oh yeah! <laughs> then I got really excited. Um.
0: Well, I love that it starts off right as it leaves her last story with the 8th yeah. uh, Doctor. I mean, it literally picks right up. I mean, we get the it's it's almost a little bit of a recap because we get we get the same audio from the end of that one for the beginning of this one, so. But I I struggled remembering why she got stranded there in the first place. I had to go back and look.
1: <laughs> I had My that trouble too and forgot to go back while, and look. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, it's it, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, I I was really interested to see how this was going to work. Um, I couldn't remember if Charlie was aware that the Doctor had previous incarnations. Um, I'm assuming since she seems to be in the know, that she does that that, that she was made aware of that at some point, but I couldn't remember when um on the and and as long as she
2: traveled with the eighth doctor surely she knew that surely she bumped into some of them in segreus well i guess yeah there, there would have light been, at the end light at the end, light at
0: the end yeah no yeah i guess you're
1: right so she would have known that um of course i don't know where that lies in her timeline i mean but <laughs> well prior to she this, was with eight so prior to this yeah, yeah.
0: and so i wondered how that was going to work and i just kept in the back of my head thinking she she can't divulge who she is because that'll kind of really screw things up and maybe that'll make for some interesting um, plotting when we get more of these stories with Charlie and six, but um, the web of time, <laughs> but I thought it was really interesting that we approached the uh, her saying, you know, her name was Charlotte Smith and she was, she she seemed very reasonably smart about the way she was going about it and, and, and kind of piecing together the fact that, okay, this must be previous incarnation. This isn't my doctor. Uh, you know i've got to kind of play this cool and she goes which then slips up later by telling the police that she's charlie pollard and uh, the doctor obviously that was the other thing i thought is she had traveled with eight and seen enough stuff that i seemed hard to believe other than the fact that she really hadn't visited earth in her future much so maybe i can forgive it a little bit but uh, the fact that she was doing things like picking up the phone saying operator Those kind of things I I felt was a a little careless, especially for somebody that's seen a lot of technology now. Um, But um, it was kind of clever of the doctor to pick up on that. And and, and rightfully so. You know, you go, oh, yeah, of course the doctor's clever enough to pick up on something like that, you know, uh, knowing that she's not from the time that he picked her up from.
2: I'll be honest, to this day, if I pick up a rotary dial phone (laughs) and there's no dial tone, I tap on it and go operator. So <laughs> I, I, I can kind of forgive her that because I do it. Well, yeah, <laughs> not that but there I are mean, many of those still around. She, she's
0: from the early 1800s, so you, she just picks up and says operator. There was no dial tone back yeah. in those days. Right. Early, uh, not 1800s, uh, 19, early 1900s. There would have been no, there's no dial tone. You pick it up and you say operator because they're there to connect you. So. Um, but yeah, you're right. If it was a dead line, you could say operator, and they would monitor. Had it not Even been a, in the 70s and 80s,
1: had it not been a clue to the doctor of what's going on with her, kind of a little bit, I would have chalked a lot of that up to you know, well, this is the character brief, and then get updated when they handed it off to the writer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the fact that he tied that into the story makes me think that no, there's probably a little bit more at play there than than what we're led to believe.
0: Um, I liked, uh, I I keep wanting to say um, P.I. Wachowski, but what was her name? Uh, (laughs) Menzies. Menzies? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: D.I., Detective Inspector.
0: D.I. Menzies. Um, Yeah, but just kept thinking P.I. Wachowski every time. Uh, (laughs) Menzies, I thought, was really cool. I liked her character. I liked the fact that uh, she's kind of this no-nonsense detective. You know, she goes in there, she's got an idea of what's happening, and she believes that the doctor's, uh, you know, the the murderer, and – than to later be convinced by by the uh, changing body on the autopsy table, <laughs> she really kind of she didn't go into. A lot of times those characters are set up to be very, you know. I just I can't believe this. Can't believe this is. It's so hard for them to believe that they won't uh, open up their mind and uh, accept. You know certain things that are being prevented, even when they're pre- the, the, the evidence is right there before their eyes so I was really grateful of the fact that she was ready to give the doctor the benefit of the doubt and just see where they were going with this and I thought her and the doctor made a great team there when they, they were really doing some did. of their,
1: their teamwork investigations So the fact that she just kind of rolled with everything just made me like her even more yeah me too
2: I kind of want a whole spin off series now of, of, of just, you know, D.I. Menzies and the Doctor. Where it's like it's her. got D.I. and the Doctor. D.I. and the Doctor. It's her and she's solving cases and he's, you know, the the special consultant. <laughs> he, he's the scientific investigator, but we don't call him that. And, you know, gets, gets brought in off payroll and has to help out. D.I. and S.I. I mean, it worked, <laughs> for, it worked for Castle. So I, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I like the fact that she also just, you know, steps through the logic of everything. Mm-hmm. So she obviously arrests him off the bat, and that's something that tends to happen but also doesn't happen frequently enough as often as she comes across dead bodies. Mm-hmm. I mean, it depends on, you know, the story and the situation. But then the fact that he was able to turn it around and convince her otherwise, and she just kind of rolls with it. I, I just enjoyed every single interaction they had together. Well, it made very, it okay that the doctor wasn't with Charlie.
0: Yeah. Very, very okay. Uh, very cleverly done. Very okay. Very cleverly done in that he kind of works her into it by describing the, the chip, looking for the chip underneath the arm. Uh, he the doesn't just tell her about it. The, yeah. He lets her discover it on her exactly. own. Exactly. Yeah. So that she can, I mean, the, the evidence has to be before us Because my first thought was all he's to do is talk her into getting back into the flat and show her the TARDIS. And I thought, well, that would have been too easy. That was a crutch. Now they do that later because he didn't have to explain how he got into the locked right. room. But to kind of step her through that I thought was, was better than just giving her that wow moment of, okay, this thing travels in time and space. So yeah. um yeah, and doing that just... first and then the, the TARDIS reveal later I thought was cool. And not letting her go into the TARDIS. Yes, just that's what I was dematerializing just about to say. it later to show that it does, you know, travel in and outside. Yeah.
2: I was really impressed with when it started i kind of thought oh we're in for a locked room mystery i love a locked room mystery i love trying to figure out okay how are you going to do this how did you kill the body and not have anybody leave the flat and you know didn't climb up the window didn't come in the, the door oh and here's the doctor <laughs> once again standing over a dead body just once i'd like the doctor to go now and turn around and leave and have the companion <laughs> go what do you mean we're not gonna visit? nope <laughs> i know where this is going. <laughs> I'm gonna wind up arrested. Yeah. No, are you kidding? The number of bodies i was... and I would just like him to call attention to that. Now the companion can then go. Come on, we have to go and say, "Oh, all right," and then they get arrested. But I want him to I at least told to you acknowledge. So. Yeah, I... we can do the "I told you so" in jail. But I want the, I want the acknowledgement of it. But then it turned into not a locked room mystery because, well, he's an alien, and so now all of a sudden this we're off on this chase instead. And I was like, "Oh," and I kind of felt let down. But then I enjoyed the rest of it so much that nah, I didn't care. Well, it still was. It still
0: ends up being a locked room mystery in the sense that he, they have to prove, or that you have to figure out why the door was locked from the inside. And it's not until we learn that the the briefcase unleashed that uh, element that you know basically made him be part of the the building uh, is divulged later too. Which is, I I still even wondered up until that point that it was divulged that you know how did how did he die in there in a locked room and nobody came or went from the, from the uh, apartment. So I thought that was kind of cool.
2: Did anybody else absolutely lose it when the corpse sat up and started talking (laughs) to them? And he's like, yeah, I'd like to go (laughs) home now. And I was like, whoa, where are we going with this? That's what I thought. I thought, what is (laughs) this? I mean, I I could
1: hear Colin's voice there. Could Could you? you? Yeah. So I kind of figured, oh, it's, you know, him doing
2: a, a trick, no clue until he explained it. And I was like, (laughs) Oh. <laughs> yeah, he pocketed the little uh the device <laughs>
0: device to transform.
2: And I was glad it wasn't a Zygon. I at, was a little concerned the way I they I was too. It. At
0: first when they but then I thought well what would the Zygon need a tri- chip for in order to, you know, right. a
1: microchip in order to to transform. So The whole plot of, you know, aliens hiding in plain sight under these disguises felt very familiar for Big Finish to me for some reason. I don't know if it's because of Perry and the Pisscom Paradox? Because that's kind of a similar plot, mm-hmm. but not no. really.
0: Well, it's it's aliens living among
1: us. Yeah. I guess it just feels very tried and true or familiar for some reason. Not that it was a bad thing. It just felt, you know, now haven't we done this recently?
0: It, it, Big Finish is all about the slow invasion. I mean, they've, oh, re- yeah. they've got a lot of stories out there where, you know, aliens have been here for a while or they're, you know. And, and that was the other thing I thought was interesting was that the um, uh, Slater, was that the guy, that, the, the the bad guy in this? It took me a second to kind of realize that, yeah, that really is kind of a big deal when they were done. It was They were going to use building, they were going to absorb themselves <laughs> into buildings to basically take of that. Well, that seems kind of weird. But knowing what uh Sam was able to do as part of the building and the foreboding that he, the feeling that he was giving people, he was causing deaths because people were, you know, so then I kind of thought, okay, that, that is, that does seem to be a decent idea. I suppose if, you're going if to you take take get over in the right building. Well, because every everybody lives in a building. So once you've yeah. taken them all over, I, I, I just, I don't, don't know th- what you'd do after you
1: got rid of the, Earthbound population. I mean, is there? A, really how would do you anything beyond that? Well, that's how they would, you know, in theory have a way to reverse it. They hadn't figured that part out. Yet. Is, they, they had, yeah, a, yeah.
2: That
0: was the problem. Is he, we we were led to believe that he had the antidote, and he didn't. He had a bomb.
2: I want to know if there's a caste system on their planet where, you know, well the higher ups and the politicians they get the high-rise buildings in the downtown. They get to
1: be of, in a capital. The, or... the
2: mirrors and the glass. And oh, you no no no, you're a lowly peasant. You're going to get the mm. you know the farmhouse out in the middle of nowhere the, Yeah, <laughs> Well who wants to be stuck there <laughs> you know? oh
0: man I didn't even know Earth still had outhouses <laughs>
2: and, there's, and there's no internet <laughs>
1: that, that is the one part of the plot that just kind of made it fall a little flat for me is the idea yeah. of the amount the sheer amount of aliens they would have to sacrifice to invade the planet in that method Unless they did targeted, you know, very specific high oh, yeah. Pentagon of, of high importance those Downing sort of things. Street, I thought, okay, apartment. yeah, maybe there. But then once, once you get the seeds of power, then what are you gonna do? Yeah. I just didn't feel like they explained it. Unless well they enough. could
0: exert influence over the people, and they they could to a point. I got the impression. Yeah, because they, they made could, people kill themselves. Yeah, I think they and, could get exert their power over them, and then and then not wipe them out, but you know, manipulate them and utilize them. I suppose maybe that would be a tactic.
2: I suppose realistically, too, if you if we were looking at it as an actual invasion of the planet, then, yes, it's kind of ridiculous. But if you're looking at it as the um, the beachhead, where you get a couple of those positions of power and you take over the, 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 the power centers and then you cause a couple of deaths, you cause a couple of scandals you cause a couple of uh, instances of distrust in the government and then you've got actual aliens in disguise there may be oh i'm the new politician i'm john saxon Mm -hmm. i'm running for prime minister to replace that guy that nobody likes and you elect somebody new well then all of a sudden you have control of all of that and you can very easily control your population so the the ones that are going to yeah the
0: the, the ones that are they're kind of sleeper cells type yeah situations where they're kind of they they're influencing things in in, in subversively as buildings and then uh, yeah then but but the other thing is it, you didn't get the impression that their planet was poised to invade i kind of got the impression that slate uh slate slate slater slater was building up some sort of like maybe crime conglomerate of other systems because it, it, it i didn't get the impression that their planet was yeah. poised to invade. Yeah. It was
1: it was his whatever his group was that was going to invade. So, showing that premise is is good. It's a good headcanon, but they didn't, you know, <laughs> give me enough in yeah, the no, story that I, I could agree. Have, there wasn't I could have got there. there on my own. Yeah, I mean, we are supposing a
2: lot. I I, I agree. There wasn't enough there to and and I also agree that this was the weakest point of of that story. Cuz I also feel that, you know, here's Sam and he has become one with the building. And my first thought was, really? That's kind of goofy. But then I thought about it's, it's it. It's a way
1: to make a house haunted by adding science to it. That's, yeah. see, that's I liked, what it comes down I to. I liked
2: that element I did of it. I just the ultimate too. goal yeah. of it, I thought, was, was yeah. weak. But. And, and as he was able to do more and exert more influence and kind of become the ghost in the machine, then it became much cooler. And I was like, oh, okay, I kind of I kind of dig this. And then I kind of actually wanted more of that story. I could have dealt with honestly a lot less of the whole alien invasion thing and let's just right. let's just do the haunted house stuff because that's you know, I'm I'm really more interested and invested in Sam at this point than whoever all these other random people are running around and you know that but I did uh I, I did enjoy the, the idea that, you know, even in alien cultures, it comes down to money. That there was an, an insurance claim. That <laughs> and how appalled the six yeah, I money. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed the, uh, the the fact that you know, oh, nobody wants to work these lower tier planets because you know you, you hazard pay and this <laughs> kind of stuff. I mean, it was very very blue collar aliens, yeah, in, in a way, which I enjoyed.
0: I could see the doctor. It just seemed like he would have been sympathetic if it had been for love, or if had been for revenge. But when money's, money,
2: money. <laughs> oh, it's always for money. <laughs> and Colin's delivery is so great. It a is. <laughs> you, just, you, you, you just all the indignity, yep. all of the <laughs> rage, all of it <laughs> just poured into that I money. And then there's Charlie who <laughs> gets I, trapped in a room for most of
0: the. Yeah, but story. but but very very clever and well performed, and I think that it did a lot for her character. I think uh, it
1: had it had been a character, any other character but Charlie, I would have absolutely hated what was going on there. Uh, but because it was Charlie and how strong of a character she already yeah. is that I'm familiar with, I was more okay with the it. The other person I w- could have put in that situation would have been Lucy Miller. I mean, I think that... that Lucy would have been... just sassed her way out yeah, of the well, room. That's true, but I think they would. <laughs> she would have sassed the same I, I... handcuffs to rust on her own. <laughs> I think they
0: would have... <laughs> i think they would have i think she would have reacted pretty much the same way and pretty have, similar there. As, clever yeah. as, as charlie Char- charlie's a little more nuanced certainly than uh, <laughs> than uh,
2: lucy is lucy but. would have busted down the door <laughs> <laughs> still handcuffed to the bed <laughs> just picked it up and used it as a battering ram. Uh-huh. um
0: that's who you know lucy reminds me of the halfway point between charlie and donna Yeah, she really seems to be the middle ground between those two for me. Now that I think about it,
1: yeah, she's a bit more of a you know modern day Charlie. Yeah, if if you if you took the is it Edwardian then uh, principles away from Charlie and set her in modern day, that's you pretty much would get something similar to Lucy. I think you're right
2: with Donna's mouth,
1: right? (laughs) Yeah,
0: but yeah, no, I think uh, uh uh yeah, it was I I. Was perfectly fine with the way Charlie handled things. I think that, again, I'm, I'm really intrigued with where they're going to go with her character and I think her what I relationship was, with the Sixth Doctor. because I it, think it, that's
1: it, the point I was most disappointed about was not getting a lot of her and Six together. And right now, and they, that's what I wanted. <laughs>
0: and right now they aren't gelling well. Oh
1: and they shouldn't because you know the doctor doesn't trust her right as why should he and I I, I'm just eating all of that up and I wanted more of it as opposed to her being handcuffed to a bed in the room yeah
0: and I and I feel bad because she's having to lie to him but there's almost a nobility in it because I think she understands how serious or dire it could be if she does he would were to figure that out but on the flip side it's really hard to hear her have to lie to him at the beginning. And then when he calls her out on lying, she changes her story and lies to him again about yeah. having amnesia. So I, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little unsettling to hear that having to happen, especially as close as she is,
1: as she and, and, and eight became Oh, and hearing this, her talk to Sam about the doctor of how she thought she lost him yeah. and all of that yeah. just made it even harder to hear.
2: That's one of the, it was one of the interesting switcheroos, because I'm right there with you. As soon as I heard Charlie, I was like, oh, this is, yeah, this is going to be great. Charlie and Six together. And then we didn't really get it. And, and so it, it was disappointing. But yet, I, I agree with you, Glenn, that because it was Charlie, if it had been any other character, maybe it wouldn't have worked. But having Charlie, okay, we we've bonked her on the head, thrown her in a room, handcuffed her to the bed, essentially kidnapped her. But then given her all this agency to get out of it and yeah she gets some help from the computer but i re- even if he hadn't rusted the the handcuffs for her she'd have gotten out of there um on her own but then she immediately doesn't run to find the doctor doesn't run to find help because she's charlie she investigates she runs the basement, to take care of the same you know? she, runs, yeah. to help the, she, she the, runs to help she runs to help somebody the else yeah and, and then gets caught up in the, in the other bits of agency. And it's not until the doctor shows up in the last... <laughs> She's like, I wondered when you were going to come back. The last quarter of it, that it's like, oh, here we are finally back together again. Yeah, let's deal with this. Okay. And so you're kind of at that point, you're already committed to the, yeah, we're not going to get that now, are we? We're going to have to, you're, you're just winding me up for the next one that uh, is going to have these two together. So in that regard, I was okay with it because it was kind of a refreshing dip your toe back in the water of who... Charlie is, as a character, and kind of got a a, a a gloss notes, a gloss over cover notes version of it.
1: Yeah, especially for those who maybe had not been listening to the A-Doctor stories.
2: Yeah. And I honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if we maybe even get another one or two of those kind of things. I don't know. I haven't listened to this run. Um, but uh, before we get to the meat of... A little heavy with the explanation, ...the relationship, but... um yeah, no, I, I, I... Well,
1: and the fact that she wasn't, yeah, you know, like you said, the damsel the whole time, once I kind of got over the fact of, okay, this is what we're doing, yeah, I I was... I enjoyed what she did more, especially once she got free. And then once once she was free, I was like, all right, this is Charlie that I remember yeah. and am familiar with.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I think it's okay for her to start off on the back foot, having just gotten out of the predicament that, that she was in, because we don't really know... She comments how long she was there, but I don't remember now how how long she'd been stranded before the Sixth Doctor showed up.
0: I don't remember.
2: Even though they recap it at the beginning, she comments later that it was, well, how long were you there? Uh, you know, unless that was part of the lie. Well, I, was, I think it
0: was part of the lie because she wasn't there very long. Yeah. In fact... Yeah, no, just, she just, wasn't. She wasn't just, just
2: long enough to think she'd lost him.
0: Well, <laughs> it's because of how she lost him. And I can't remember what...
2: They were Cybermen. I remember that.
0: Well, yeah, and he... he uh... Well, I just read the other day what I can't remember what it was.
2: They were separated, he blew up, she heard the TARDIS leave, yeah, or something to that's that. That's what it
0: was. But... but she as soon as as soon as that TARDIS leaves and she ends up there, then she hears the six doctor's TARDIS, so she's not there very long. Um I thought um I thought that Sam was going to be more of a uh, Militant? militant, militant, militant. Maleficent, <laughs> evil, evil force. <laughs> um, I, part of that's because I, I've just malicious, about, malicious. That's it. I was, I was just about, uh, I'm just about done with uh, Scratchman, <laughs> so I think that's bleeding over into my mm-hmm. uh, thought process as I was listening to this. But yeah, I thought he was going to be more of an evil force, especially when she goes down To the the, the, the uh, basement and she talks about the 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 darkness uh, surrounding him. And it wasn't until later that I kind of understood that that darkness was still kind of the residual effects of the weapon that uh, uh, Slater had unleashed, or he hadn't unleashed, but he had engineered, had engineered and and was unleashed from that um, uh, suitcase. Uh, But I kind of also got the impression that that was of, of what, corporeal body you could have that was probably what was left over of sam as well and so i really kind of like the fact that he he innocently thought he was somewhere dark and thought he was trapped somewhere and being held somewhere um and not realizing that he had been transformed yeah and i thought it was interesting that or i thought it was cool the way that the doctor had kind of Helped him come to the realization that he was no longer a corporeal body, and and telling you know well, reach up and touch your face, you know how are, how are you holding the phone and that kind of stuff, and making him realize what was going on there. I thought that was well done.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I liked all that, bit. although in typical 6 Doctor fashion, I think he lacked a little bit of tact, getting into the next phase of that conversation. <laughs> that, was like, that's the thing. Now that we was, need your help. He starts <laughs> off <laughs> like, tact,
0: He starts off very tactful and gentle, and then yeah when. As It goes on. he kind of loses. Can you all the reverse time.
2: it? Well, I'm sorry, but I still need you to click.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's just being honest. He's right? just being okay. honest. He's just being honest. All right, but I like that he picked up on the 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 doctor picked up on the fact that Sam was going to be able to work this out and help him. And he and when he tells Charlie, "Do you have a plan?" and he says, "Yeah, I have a plan." Very heavily reliant on other people right now.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, yep. <laughs> so, um, on the fact that Sam, you know. While he had done this for love he acknowledges that it changed him not only physically but emotionally what he did and that he doesn't think that he couldn't necessarily come back from that regardless yeah and the addressing of that and the as opposed to you know her, him just going well i did it all for love and i don't i'm not sorry i like the the exploration of you know, he killed somebody, and it makes an impact.
2: Or becoming the cliched, completely malicious entity that then's after to kill her because she right, talked right, into this, right. and he's just done with her. He's and, like, and now I'm no, not going to let anybody leave the building. But, but, because, but, ah. yeah.
0: but she gets she gets her lesson as well. She learns her lesson as well because he forces her to well, in force, but he tells her to kill Slater because you know when you kill a person, it changes you. So it's it's really kind of putting her in his place now mm-hmm. and making her understand what she did to him. And I think that doesn't really justify it, but it
1: somewhat balances it in a weird it
0: way. It balances the skills. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well and it, he doesn't, like Sean said, take it out on everyone else. He just right. targets right. her instead. Right.
0: right. Um, but not to the point where, yeah, he exacts revenge. It's more of right. you this is this is what you need to learn about this. Um, the other thing when we, had, we didn't talk about um, what was the gal that kept Charlie prisoner there for a while um, who ends up oh Maxine yeah Maxine ends yeah, up she helping was... them at the end it, it was an interesting character because she's not really malicious she's just did I say it right that time yeah um, she just needs the money she just yeah she needs the money it's all and about the money <laughs> and and th- her and Charlie have this weird kind of cordial relationship up until you know a certain point the whole but, bit about Indian even, food was just fantastic yeah. it was <laughs> And even after Charlie does escape and has to take out Maxine, she's very remorseful for doing it. She's
1: apologizing as Maxine's don't,
0: laying there unconscious on the floor.
1: Don't make me knock you unconscious. It's not good. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> it's um, not good for your health.
0: But also then coming full circle, and 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 Maxine ultimately is left with making sure that Sam, you know, does good as a building instead of you know causing the, the, yeah. the trouble that he's been causing. So. It's interesting that they left it there to kind of, you know, unless they're going to revisit again at some point, it's interesting that they left it there as wide open as they did that, you know, well, I wonder what will happen, you know. Okay, I suppose anybody could pick up on it later, or we I, can just, you know, surmise our own I, 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 I can
2: hint that D.I. Mendez comes back, Got Menzies, but um, I don't know if it's in relation to anything going on with that building or Sam or, or not. How about P.I.
0: Wachowski? Is she coming back? I don't. Think <laughs> oh,
2: <darn it. laughs> I also think that you, you mentioned that, you know, it was rough listening to Charlie lie to the doctor. And one of the things that really struck me listening to this was we, we've talked before about the different aspects of the doctor's personality. If Charlie had traveled with the fourth doctor, there would not have been a single issue. She'd have come out and said, it's not you but it's you, I'm from this, and she'd have spilled the beans because that's how cavalier that doctor was about, okay, yeah, no big deal. If she had bumped into, realistically, probably any of the current show doctors, I think they would have gone, well, we'll just go back and drop you off at this point in time in my time stream and not say anything. They would have found a way to make it work. Well,
0: but they would have been okay with it because they would have remembered the events.
2: Right, but no, it was the eighth doctor. And he's always been the one that's about the web of time, and you right, can't do this, right. and you can't do that. The, the eighth and the first Doctor have that kind of—you can't rewrite history, not one line. And because of her travels with him, that—that's been now ingrained into her that she can't change this. Even though realistically, she probably could. The Doctor, his his timelines are so convoluted that and it just flux, yeah, and bumping right. into—you know—it's a River Song situation. You're bumping into somebody from your present. Okay, yeah, I, I just haven't met you yet, but I will. We've seen that so many times in Big Finish already. But Charlie's not aware of that, so that's what makes it kind of this added facet of, oh, you're well so close, and yet... <laughs> when you
0: got seasoned Time Lords like River and the Doctor who are very very familiar with how it works it's one thing but when you've got somebody that's just had a short time and a crash course in how this works as you said it's been become very ingrained in her but not to the level of a time lord's understanding of it so yeah
2: yeah but again especially from the eighth doctor because his mindset is such that, that we don't do this right and deal i mean it's charlie i mean her whole existence is owed to this Accidental faux pas of his that became right. a, a, a permanent one. <laughs> how, how much would that compound things if she then, you know, there's there's all kinds of ramifications that could be very big and looming down the road if they choose to go into them. I don't know if they will. Yeah, but it it just struck me as once again that uh, that personality discussion came back up and I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame you didn't travel with Tom. <laughs> All right. Well, Sean, what are we got come up on the schedule? Well, on the schedule for next week, you mentioned the Scratchman. We are reviewing Scratchman, uh, and I should probably get going on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about halfway through. Oh, you're, you'll be fine then. I, I hope. <laughs> you um, hope you're halfway through. I, 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 yeah, I think I'm almost halfway through. But um, yes, so uh, we'll be reviewing that book, and then uh, you can check out the uh, website, which. Uh, may or not be uh, pretty and (laughs) and working, (laughs) uh, depending on what day it is and what Glenn's doing. But uh, the rest of the schedule is uploaded there. And you can see what else is coming up. I can tell you we've got more Big Finish on the way because we are celebrating their 20th anniversary this year. So, yes, it it seems like we've been doing a lot of Big Finish. That's the reason for it. We're kind of mowing through some things. been engineered that way. It's been engineered that way on purpose to celebrate their 20th anniversary. And we will have a wider sampling of things from mighty old big finish coming up as well
1: keith how can they uh give us money well while you're on the website looking at our schedule you can just click on the patreon link and uh donate any amount of money that you'd like to either once or recurring we'd love a recurring donation from any of you and of course we occasionally give out goodies once in a while to our patreon subscribers and any money that goes to us goes directly back into this podcast Very
0: good. Anything else we need to cover before we close this one? All right. That's going to do it for this time. Until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.